Well, hello again. This is Amy Wall. I'm really, really thrilled. We're going to dive right in today, and I want to introduce you. So I'm going to put all the people um, calling in to ask questions on hold, and then when we're ready to take questions, you'll press star 7, and that'll open up your line to ask. We also have the webcast going, so if you're listening via uh, the Internet, welcome, and there is a chat mode that we have going as well, so you can definitely type your questions into the chat box. I will make sure we're there. Great. We've got Juan Carlos on the, the uh, chat line. I see we've got Jack from uh, Colorado, I think, is where Survivor Jack is. And Oh, yep, Aurora, Colorado. Let's see. Oh, and more people are popping in. This morning is really, really special, and I'm really thrilled. As most of you know, with these calls, I really look at this like it's a community, and it's about moving inventors and creativity forward in business. And I'm really um, selective about who I invite to come talk to people, and it has to be somebody that I feel can really add value to your projects and value to you as people and business people. And I'm really excited to have met Tom um, when we were both coaching entrepreneurs at, for an investor competition that's coming up uh, September 16th. And we were evaluating pitches together and we were talking with these entrepreneurs and what struck me most about Tom is while he's very credentialed and very well-respected in the investment community and in the venture capital world, he's really cool, for one thing, and he's got a lot of passion. And he wants businesses, this is my impression, that Tom's desire is to have businesses really embody everything they're meant to be. And he cares a lot. And there was this immediate connection from my part over that for Tom. And he had really perceptive comments and really well thought out, well informed um, feedback for people. So I highly recommend his new book, which is How to Create the Next Facebook. And uh, Tom's going to do something really special with us. So right now you want to write down uh, my company's Facebook page, if you've got a pen handy, because you're going to want to know that in a little bit here. So our Facebook page is facebook.com slash products, P-R-O-D-U-C-T-S, 2, which is T-O, profits, P-R-O-F-I-T-S. And seriously, you're going to want to know that in just a little bit. So with that, I want to make sure to give everybody the logistics of the call. We're, we're going to have Tom do about 10 minutes of content on startup company finances, which is such a great topic, and there's so much to say in it. And then we're going to move into a live Q&A. If you're new to the call, and I see we have a bunch of new people, um, this call could qualify as public disclosure of an invention. So if you haven't filed for a patent, and you think you're going to, be judicious about the details that you share, um, or you could void your rights to patent. I'm not an attorney. I'm a product development person, but we work with IP all the time. So I just want to make sure that we notify you of that. And um, with that, I want to 
invite Tom to open up his line. I think you should actually already be unmuted. Are you there, Tom? Yes, yes I'm here. Awesome. Well, everyone, this is Tom, and uh, like I said, Tom's got a really big heart for entrepreneurs. He's been one. Uh, he's built and sold his own businesses, and so um, he's written for Entrepreneur, Forbes.com, all around finance, and he's really involved with the IPO world and the venture capital world in Los Angeles as well as San Francisco. So, Tom, welcome to the call today. Well, thanks very much, Amy. That was a great introduction. Thanks very much. I'm glad to be here as well. Sounds like they're a really good program. It's it's a really, really fun group of people, and um, I know that they're all ears for you. We've got probably about 25 people coming in live, and then we have the webcast as well. So. Okay. Welcome, everyone. Thank you. Uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, Amy and I uh, met recently and, uh, you know, had a chance to, to look at different companies. And I always love looking at companies and, and, and hearing about new ideas and, and answering any questions uh, that may come out of that. Uh, and like Amy said, my background is, is, is an entrepreneur, but way back in the 90s. And uh, but since then, um, I've written some books, write, you know, written articles, uh, all kinds of facets of, of, of uh, startups. Uh, but a lot of it does kind of revolve around my background, my background, which is finance and, and the tax side. But, but again, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs because I write for Forbes and, and so forth. So, you know, I touch a lot on uh, marketing or you know, kind of market or all types of different things and talk to a lot of great people, uh, very successful people on that end. Uh, so I thought, you know, so for this 10 minutes, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about, sounds like an issue for a lot of companies, it sounds like who might be on this call, is uh, trying to figure out this whole entity idea, you know, should I remain a, a sole proprietorship or should I incorporate, and if I do incorporate, should it be a C-Corp, you know, should it be an S-Corp, LLC, and, and uh, you know, I'm from California, and uh, which means a lot of taxes here, and you know, uh, and so if, you're, if you're if you are going to incorporate here in California or most states, you'll probably have to pay some type of uh, not only filing fee but a franchise tax fee. And here in California, it's eight hundred dollars. So it is a it is a big decision to make. Um, and then I would say too is that um, the main purpose of incorporating, if you decide to do that, it really has to do with liability protection. So mm-hmm. you are liable to the extent of what you invest your money in the company. Uh, mm-hmm. But that is not um, foolproof. I, I thought, you know, work with some companies, a friend of mine starting this boat company where, you know, people pre-style, and that, you know, on a boat. And I told them, your, your corporation will be great in some ways, but if someone, you know, gets an accident, it's not going to be not going to help you at all. You know, with negligence, uh, you need you need insurance for that. So even though you might feel like you're protected with a corporation, you may not be. Or you sign a personal guarantee to get a loan, which is very common. Well, your corporation is not going to help you if that loan goes to zero. You're still going to have to pay it or recognize income on that if the, if the loan is is written off. Uh, if you do not pay your payroll taxes, which uh, I highly recommend that you absolutely do pay your payroll taxes, corporation IRS is not care whether you're a corporation or not. So when it comes to liability, it really has to do more with civil liability, you know, dispute with the vendor uh, and so forth. So when it comes to incorporation, I would say that 
if you have no assets, actually a lot of entrepreneurs don't have a lot of assets. They don't have a home or, <laughs> you know, stocks or bonds, stuff like that, you know, and you get sued, you're probably not going to get sued because you have no assets. Uh, and that, in that sense, the corporation doesn't really help you. But if you have a lot of assets and you're starting to do business with vendors and, 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 uh, and companies and, and customers and so forth, it's probably a good idea to think about that because it could provide some level of protection in that case. Yeah, um, and you know what, Tom, just let me interject for a quick sec. Yeah. You know, if you're doing business with a big retail store like a lot of our clients do and people on this call yeah. do, they're going to require it, and they're going to require yeah product liability insurance right so yeah you know that that should all be un, done under an entity so yeah you know. absolutely yeah if, you, if you're going to do business with walmart and you do not have a corporation uh i think you're in trouble uh one they're probably not like you said not going to pay attention to you uh and they're going to require it okay. yeah but Sorry. that's just one just one step you got to do the insurance and make sure that, that there's something substantial uh, behind the company. And I also think, you know, so if you decide to, to, to do the corporation, uh, you know, there's the LLC and, the, and there's the S Corp and then the C Corp. Everyone provides you with the liability protection. Uh, and, and, and I don't think that Walmart would care which one that you are. Uh, the difference would really come down to taxes uh, and then the complexities and paperwork. So if you do a C Corp, um, a lot of paperwork, you know, you need annual reports, you have board meetings and so forth. Whereas LLC, very little paperwork. It could just be you as a shareholder. And it could just, and also the taxes are pretty easy to handle with an LLC or an S-Corp. And in fact, with, a, with an S-Corp, um, you do have to set yourself up as an employee, but any profits above that or dividends are not subject to Social Security or payroll tax. And, and so and that could be valuable. And that's why... A, why a lot of the smaller businesses or privately held businesses are S-Corps because you can get that advantage. It's even bigger advantage because of the, the new um, Obamacare rules on Medicare, too. Yeah. So hey, hey, Tom? Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about the difference when you're capital raising between uh-huh. like an yeah. LLC and a corporation? Because I know that that's something that we get questioned on all the time, and, and I handle that, but I want to hear your perspective on it. Yeah, that's a that's a Final thing I was going to talk about, and that's where I was exactly the next route I was going to go. So it's perfect timing. Awesome. Um, <laughs> I when I started my business, I went with LLC because I uh, I read some stuff and some articles. So back even before, I think there was the internet. So I think I read Entrepreneur Magazine. They said go with an LLC. I went with an LLC. Turned out to be a disaster getting venture capital. Um, the fact is, if you want to go get venture capital, you need to be not only a C corp. But a Delaware C Corp. Um, oh. I mean, that's that's it. I don't, basically, that's what it's all about, and, and primarily because uh, Delaware understands corporate law. They get things done fast. They know what to do, and BCs understand it. And they want C Corps because uh, for tax purposes on their end, not on your end. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually better for them for their tax purposes for a fund. Uh, so if you do want, if you do think you're going to get institutional capital or be private equity or venture capital, you need to go to C Corp, a Delaware C Corp. If it's going to be, you know, maybe just, you know, friends and family and maybe some angels, I think you can get away with LLC, uh, or S Corp. Now there is something also to consider too is that, you know, given that the 
nowadays, you know, to get employees and top-notch employees, and you give out, you know, a lot of times give out stock options. It's a lot right. easier if you have a separate C corp. Uh, it's almost. I mean, you can kind of do it with an LLC, but it costs a lot of money. Probably cheaper just to make a C corp. And uh, if you want to issue uh, stock options and those kinds of things. So yeah, if you if you if you if your game plan, you know, includes uh, raising capital and significant millions of dollars in capital, you know, the S corp is really a great go. So what would you call significant capital? Like uh, I think any I think over a million. Mm-hmm. You know, below that, you're talking angels and friends and family. Right. Like a regular VC is not going to do anything less than a million dollars. You see, sometimes these angel funds or seed funds, they may do 500,000. Uh, but, but, I mean, we're talking at least hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, to a million range, uh, you know, uh, for, you know for, for thinking about the, you know, whether you should go. Got it. That's a great distinction yeah. because a lot of people don't understand the differences between the kinds of investors. What is yeah. what is an angel round? What is a VC? Like that yeah. kind of area. I want to make sure that yeah. we leave a bunch of time for questions. And so we've yeah. got about 15 minutes left. How about we open up the okay. lines and take some live questions? That'd be so great. If you, if you got a question, um, you can press star seven and that'll um, actually, let's do this differently. Um, okay, cool. Press start two, and that'll let us know that you've got a question. I'll open up your line. So if you've got a question for Tom, press star two. Oh, and I see we've got one right away from a caller. Eight. Your number ends in eight one one nine. So yes, hi. This is Karen McMurray. Hi, Karen. Hello. I have a question real quick. What oh. is the typical um what is the typical um return does a VC expect on on an, an investment and or an angel? I mean, I've heard all kinds of things across the board yeah. and I've talked to some of them and some of them say yeah. seven times the amount they they give you or is it a percentage or you yeah. know, I just kind of yeah. want to get an understanding. Yeah. Well, well, first of all, this goes to the entity question, too. They're not going to get common stock. They're going to get preferred stock. Um, it's a different type of stock. It's a special stock. Uh, so if um, they get a return, they will probably get interest on top of that and get their money back and plus a percentage of the upside. So, you know, it's good to be an investor in that, in that sense. So they do protect themselves in a lot of ways as much as possible, and they also have a lot of power. They usually get on the board of directors and have a lot of influence on what direction the, the company goes. And in terms of what they're looking for is that um, a typical venture capital investment, you know, could take seven to ten years to pay off, you know, whether it be an act, you know, it may result in acquisition or it may go public at some point. You know, in the case of Facebook, it took ten years until the company went went public. So, you know, the early investors had to wait a long time, uh, unless they, you know, some will do sell off earlier, but generally it takes, you know, a long time. So, and early stage investments are highly risky. So the rule of thumb is that, uh, you know, maybe one or two of your investments will really do well, and the rest will either go to zero or go nowhere. So to really make a good return, the general rule is they, they want to see at least a 10x return. If you're offering them something that doesn't really scale, 
you know, really can't become a billion-dollar company or really can't be a huge company, most VCs would not be interested at that point. Angels are a lot different. Angels are a lot different because, you know, they may, uh, you know, there may be more of a personal relationship or they'd like to get involved with smaller companies. Uh, but the VCs, that's how they operate. Okay. And the angels, what do they want as a return? Typically, same thing, 10 return? Yeah, they, well, they all think they're VCs, so they'll say 10 you know, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So okay. They, they think they're better than VCs. So they, they'll want, you know, they'll, they'll, they kind of act like VCs, uh, and, and try to get it. But what winds up happening is that, you know, this is where it's important to pick your investors that, that are seasoned investors because if you get money from someone who's not, you know, they could call you up every week, or, you know, test right. you about what's happening. You don't want to do that for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you yeah. so much. That's yeah. a great point. So, Karen, um, you can press uh, – actually, let me just mute you from here. It will be a little easier. Who's got our next question? Press star 2, and that will – Raise your hand so that we can uh, take care of you today. We've got a question for Tom. And I do have the chat window up and the um, Q&A. So if you're on the webcast, you can type a question in the window that's on the page you're looking at. should be, I think, over on the left. So let me check over there and go over and see if we've got any. Okay. So, Tom, this is a pretty deep topic. And um, so I just want to make sure that everybody's um, breathing, for one thing, because a lot of people, when they're new to being an entrepreneur, you know, I want to just ask you a question real quick. What was it like for you the first time you pitched to investors for your business? Uh, Well, um, when I started, it it was in software, so it was my brain is what I used. To create this, you know, um, so I didn't really need any capital. Uh, but as mm-hmm. time went by, and we, you know, we realized we needed some capital. So the first type of capital we got was from angel investors, and that was just primarily through people we knew. So we had a corporate attorney. We got contacts with that uh, from our attorney. You know, people that we we knew who were interested in investing. And uh, for them, it really wasn't any type of formal type of um, process. You know, we just, you know, met up at a coffee shop, talked about the idea, you know, ongoing questions. And and it's like, court, you know, it's like uh, getting a lot of cats to do, you know, stay in one spot and hurting cats, which is not a fun thing to do. So, I mean, I think we raised maybe 100000 first time mm-hmm. for Angel. And then we, with, uh, with venture capital over time, I started developing some, uh, so, so that process, you know, was a little unnerving. I had no idea what I was doing, but, um, you know, I had an executive summary. I think I'm thinking I had a PowerPoint. Uh, but, but I had also had a company that was also operating. So that probably helped mm-hmm. out a little bit. And, um, yeah, so I, it's hard to remember. I, I don't, you know, you just go with what you have and stick to your guns and focus on all the positives and uh and they'll ask you about the negatives and try to deal with that. And then with venture capital, it was more formal, so you'd go into a conference room 
you have your PowerPoint. Uh, you know, and a lot of times you, you kind of know who you're dealing with anyway because you've talked to them before. And mm-hmm. the, presentation, the presentation may be more of a formality. And they kind of already know they want to go ahead. Right. Yeah. You know, we actually have a question that someone uh, typed in from the webcast. And uh, Juan Carlos wants to know about what would be the perfect business plan skeleton to present to an investor? That's a big topic. Uh, well, one, don't use a business plan. Uh, don't get those business plan books. Uh, don't get those business plan software products. Business plans just take too long to create. And investors, I would say venture capitalists, and I'd say a lot of angels don't even read them and don't expect them. What you really want to do is, uh, you know, put a, together a simple PowerPoint presentation. And then I, uh, and then if you could have, uh, some appendix, like an appendix or uh, an attachment, I usually use it as an Excel spreadsheet with the, with the financials and the projections. But, mm-hmm. uh, I would not, I would not write a formal business plan. You know, you might have to do that for a loan, but for equity investors, for VCs, they, they don't expect a, they would think that you're spending too much time writing a business plan, not running a business and thinking about your business. So mm-hmm. I, I would stick to the PowerPoint, not you know, running the business plan. That's typically yeah, I mean, what I'm I recommend. Yeah. Is well, maybe of, a PowerPoint and an executive summary, like a one-page. Yeah. That's simple. kind of it. Yeah, yeah. And talk about, you know, you want to start off saying, this is what we do. I mean, it's amazing. Like when, we're, when we met, we're talking, looking at all these presentations. So many of them, it's not even until you get halfway through the presentation that they even tell you what they do. Um, so you just want to hit over their head what you do um, and start off strong. Start off with what you've already done, that you're, you're getting traction, you know, that there is interest in, in what you have to do. You know, talk about how big the market is. And then the one area that I think is the biggest problem for most entrepreneurs is that um, they, they really rarely cover well enough or cover at all how they're going to get customers. Right. Um, what's their go-to-market distribution strategy? Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to – you're trying to tell a story. You're trying to get investors interested and get them excited about your about your idea and about the opportunity. Um, and uh, a lot of times that doesn't mean, you know, you go into some of your product but not all your product, but you talk about how you're going to get these customers, how they're going to pay you, how you get paid. The other big gap, I mean, we saw this at the the uh, session where we met, actually, uh-huh. was mm-hmm. big gap in how does the investor get their money back? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, they, point. <laughs> yeah, well, they usually don't. And I, um, you know, I would say that uh, I, I wouldn't spend too much time on that. Because a sophisticated investor knows the risks and knows mm-hmm. the options. And, you know, if it's a, a long-term, you know, kind of a VC deal, they know it's going to be probably some type of acquisition or IPO. Right. Um, but there's some companies that are, you know, very keep in mind, very few companies, you know, go IPO. I think this year mm-hmm. we may have 200, 250 companies that go public here in the United States. There are millions right. of companies in the United States, and only 250 go public. Uh, right. Now there are thousands and thousands that are purchased every year, but that's, again, out of millions of companies. 
So when you're raising capital, you're really saying you're a special company. You're you're one of the rare companies that will either go public uh, or be bought at a at a premium. Um, so that's why it's important to show that this is a huge market opportunity. You have a tremendous team. You have a tremendous product. You know, the market's huge, you know, and stuff like that. You you got to really put on the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know. 